Hello everyone, good evening, how are you doing? Hope you've had a good day so far. And if your day just started, I hope you have an even better day as your day starts. Now you're welcome to another episode of Ugo Steak. And this is Ugo Steak Sports Talk. And I am Ugo Madi, your host. Now, we'll just jump right in. Um, there's news about Chelsea interested in signing the England midfielder, Jude Bellingham. That's an interesting news. Interesting, interesting news. So I'll just give you my two cents opinion about it. Obviously, he's a wonderful player and an extremely talented player. I think um, since he left Birmingham and went to the Bundesliga to join Borussia Dortmund, he has been absolutely amazing for for the German side, and he's been key to their quick rise up the table this season. Uh, so always welcome quality players. And this definitely means there will be some casualties. So for sure, some players would have to leave, given that Chelsea has already signed a ton, a ton of players. Um, so I'm guessing it have to be someone from the midfield. Probably could be Conor Gallagher, could be Solov, um, Mateo Kovacic could be Solov as well. And because while it's a quality player and still fairly young, I think he's 28, 29 at the minute, so he's not that old. Uh, but still, um, he's had these niggling injuries and this is the time I think um, you could get some sort of value for him because um, an injury-prone midfielder at the age of 30, 31 may not get really top value for for him. So Jude Bellingham coming to Chelsea, just a rumor at this point, is really interesting and one I would like to see. I would love to see him play with Enzo and Fernandez in the midfield. That would be absolutely absolutely beautiful a beautiful partnership him and Enzo Fernandez the double pivot and just right behind your Modric on the left and your um, Jao Felix down the middle and Noni Madweke on the left on the right sorry and then you have your Datro Fofana hopefully as the number nine to the middle or you could even have um, who knows if Chelsea probably would sign um Victor Seaman, the Nigerian international striker, that's really lighting it up at Napoli. Or maybe Nkunku would just be um, the nine figure. I call him a nine figure because he's not really um, a number nine, I would say. So, and I know Jao Felix is all subject to Chelsea actually coming to an agreement with um, Atletico Madrid to sign the Portuguese um, player. So I don't know what to call him, whether I call him an attacking midfielder or a half nine, or as some modern coaches would say, a sub nine, because he's not quite a number nine, but he's more of a 10 um, that likes to link up play and has the ability to score goals for himself and create for others as we've seen um so far this season though he's just got the one goal but he's in the two and a half games i would say two and a half i'll say in the two-ish games he's played because he got a red card against fulham um and then obviously played the full 90 minutes for westham the game just passed this weekend and he was absolutely wonderful he played very well and then he got his goal although the fulham game um Though he played very well, he ended up getting sent off, you know, um, just at the beginning of the second half. So, but it was wonderful to see. But those are just rumors at the minute. Um, so let's keep our eyes peeled 
you know as the news develops and definitely once it happens that it's true if um yeah, from the grapevine from the likes of Fabrizio Romano or from the Chelsea official website official website and social media accounts um, come summer I'll definitely give you my opinion on um, his move and how I think he would actually fit in if it does happen right now like I said it's just rumors and wonderful wonderful rumors to hear now the next topic that I want to you know talk about is um, the Graham Potter's interview. Um, um, five stepping to that, just nice to mention. It's lovely that the Champions League is back after the World Cup. Champions League is back. Um, PSG played against Bayern Munich yesterday and they lost one goal to nil or nil to one um, since they were at home. And it was a former player, Cecily Coleman, that got the goal. So um, I'll say that was a really, really. <laughs> um, I'll say, well, and Mbappe didn't start. Um, he came off the bench and um, he made things look a bit brighter for PSG, but um, it didn't really amount to much in the end. And as they lost all three points to the Bavarian side, so let's see Champions League back. So in the post, I'll say in the post, oh no, not post, in the pre um, Champions League game where Chelsea incidentally were playing against um, Dortmund and Jude Bellingham's side. Um, the whole issue about Potter not being angry enough or whether he should have been angry or be more expressive, you know, especially with the obviously denied penalty um, in the game, in the Chelsea Premier League game versus West Ham. Um, he said something about uh, for someone who has had to go through what he's gone through, had to rise to the ranks, managing the team and uh, the ninth tier of English football and then going on to manage a side in Scandinavia and then essentially who has been through what he has been through and for anyone to think that he's never been um, angry that um, such an individual doesn't know anything about anything now for me getting angry on the touchline isn't really doesn't really um, matter to me that much but although it does help sometimes inspire your players when you see the manager really going at it on the touchline it does help um, inspire the, the team and sometimes as well if you, especially when you're playing home it does help rile up the fans you know to get them um, to generate even more of an atmosphere at home so it does have some value but it doesn't really 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 matter to me for me it's just you know what you are doing you know your onions you know you know what you have to do you know how to get the best out of your players you know how to trigger them you know how to sort of inspire them you know so what matters is the first of the team you put on the pitch the first 11 you get on the pitch then how you're able to respond to in in game you know changes or tactics if the opposition coach responds to your initial tactics how you respond to them yourself you know to counteract what the opposition manager is trying to do to defeat you or to stall you you know so how you react to them that's the next important thing and then even more so important is what you do as a manager as a coach as a leader of men in the dressing room you know in the or you say the locker room whichever way you want to say it, whether the home or the away locker room depending on where you're playing you know how you speak to these players how you talk to them to get them 
you know, motivated, riled up, you know, ready to run through brick, brick walls for you. So that's what actually matters, you know. So, but what we've seen so far, I don't know what he tells them in the second half. They don't seem any better. So the lot of excuses have been thrown up there. The, the most annoying one, which is um, the, the club has signed so many players, and so um, it's, it's time to gel and all that stuff. But he has made a decision to keep certain players out, so <laughs> nothing has stopped him from making decisions. You know, as a manager, so it's really, really important what he says to these players at intervals and during um, training when they are in Cobham. How do you speak to them? How do you inspire them? Because just like you know, footballers are, are human beings. We all know, and so human beings are inspired and motivated in different ways. You know, sometimes you have people who are inspired by the loud sounding voice you know harsh critique the threat of being smashed in the face they're inspired by that you know some others are inspired by you know an arm around the shoulder a smile some positive reinforcement or you're doing good you're doing great but just do it this way so you have to have all those in your toolkit as a manager. So he, we haven't seen that so much. We know he ha- supposedly has um, an emotional intelligence um, certification or degree or something, but we haven't seen that. So not a question of just getting angry on the touchline, but when a team goes in for the halftime break and then they come back on the pitch, and start playing like they've, you know, had a superior supply of holics that's just coursing through their veins, then that becomes a problem. That becomes a problem. Then that causes people like me who speak on podcasts or have different channels or, or people in, act, in actual mainstream media question, what exactly are you doing? What are you saying to these players? You know they have good 10 minutes in the first half and then they're going in the second and then they're going for the second half and you're meant to get them back on track so they can have not just a 10 minutes a good 10 minute spell but um, actually a good 45 minute spell and then they come out they, they come onto the pitch and they're playing like you know they have a ton of bricks tied around your waist definitely questions should be asked of of you you know so no more excuses about oh we signed Chelsea signed a million players, signed two hundred thousand players. We need time to gel because as a coach, like I mentioned yesterday, he's also making tough decisions and keeping players out. That Fofana is not in the Champions League squad. Um, Aubameyang is not in the Champions League squad. In addition to the fact that he doesn't even play him at the moment, doesn't play him, you know, um, in Premier League games, domestic games, so. He's making those decisions. He's keeping people out. So obviously he's not afraid to upset people, but it has to show on the pitch. You have to be accountable. You know, you have to be accountable. All these excuses that are sort of being built in. You sign so many players, you know, you sign so many players in January. Um, he has to figure out his best team. That is part of the skill of an elite or elite manager 
the ability to look at the squad and say, okay, mm -mm -mm, this is my best 15, 16 players. And this is my best starting 11. That's the skill of a top level coach. And fair dues to him, he has not really had the opportunity to coach um, a team of this level or that has this um, uh, level of resources. You know, so, so maybe that's the issue. And that's part of what an allied manager would bring to a role, such as a Chelsea role, the ability to quickly hit the ground running, you know, know the players he's living off, know the style of football he wants to play. And by looking at the team, just knows immediately the type of players he wants to be in the starting eleven and those who wouldn't make it to the starting eleven. You know, so that's that's really what I have to say about that. And now the next thing I want to um, sort of speak on is um, obviously the return of the Champions League, which is really great. And then Chelsea is going to play against Dortmund today. Um, I would have loved, obviously, to see that for Fana, but I don't think he's in the Champions League squad. Um, so maybe Alton's said um, this is the type of lineup I would like to see. This would be the type of lineup I would like to see. I wouldn't predict what Graham Potter would do because I'm no. Um, Harry Potter, <laughs> I'm no um, Sutsaya, no magician, so I'll just, you know, say the lineup I would love to to see on the pitch. So Fofana is out, so he's not going to play. Aubameyang obviously is out as well of the Champions League squad, so no one to mention his name. So the starting eleven I would love to see would be Rhys James on the right, and then. Fofana and what's his face? Fofana, Thiago Silva in the middle, um, and um, Chilwell on the left uh, as um, the left fullback. And then the midfield, want to see Enzo, Fernandez, and Zachariah if he's able to play, or if he isn't able to play, then Enzo and Lustig Chick. Um, I think he had a decent game against West Ham, but. Well, for now, just be a stopgap measure, so that's fine. Enzo Fernandez and um, Luxus Chick, and I think Luxus Chick should be given more of a protective responsibility, you know, protect the the back four and also be sort of a bodyguard for Enzo Fernandez. So, allow allowing Fernandez to be more creative and even be more expressive. Then on the left, Looking to have Modric there, hoping he has a good game as well. And then looking to have Jao Felix and down the middle behind the frontman behind the, the supposed number nine. And then um Maduke, is he able to, to play? If he's able to play, then I'll have him in there. But if he's not able to play, then um, that's now a head scratcher because I don't like seeing Messi Mount playing out wide because he's not a winger. He doesn't actually have the rapid pace. It takes to play out wide so maybe outplay non-imaduke there because he has more energy has more stamina and he can actually run just the, the simple physical things because sometimes in sports and football especially elite um level professional football we get stuck in all the tactics and we forget about the physical attributes sometimes you just rely on the physical attributes that the player brings to four you know that that the player can come with. You know, Chukemaker has the strength, he has the pace. So I would much prefer him out wide on the left. You know, if not in Madoke, 
isn't able to play and that's something else that really really bugs me you know why would you have Pulisic in the squad when he's injured and he won't be back for the next two months and you also have Armando Broja in the Champions League squad when he's out for the season it's just mysterious to me it just makes me scratch my head why would you have him in the squad and then you take out your leading scorer in the competition or at least your leading striker in the competition whatever for you know so that would be um, and then obviously having Kai Havertz in the absence of Aubameyang and Dr. Fafana so that's what Graham Potter has done he's ended up tying his hands you know at his back by dropping Aubameyang and not having Fafana even in the um, Champions League squad so no recognizable striker and the team so that means you have to go with Kai Havertz up top now the issue for me with Kai Havertz is that people don't get what it means to be a number nine and number nine sometimes isn't the most skillful player number nine isn't the most sexy player on the ball isn't the guy who does 20 stepovers who can dribble the entire field and number nine is someone that has that ruthless instinct to score because the mindset of a number nine of a top striker is completely different from any player on the pitch whether it's the most skillful winger you know the most tenacious defender even Lucio I don't know for those of us who remember Lucio the Brazilian centre-back that was sort of that was hyper attacking more attacking than some you know attacking midfielders that he would dribble from the centre-back you know and take the ball right up to the attack even for a centre-back as skilled as him is just not a number nine still Jao Felix has been amazing, skillful, you know, helping the team look a little better than it has been in the past few weeks. But still, he's not a number nine. And number nine has that instinct to just get a goal when you least expect it, to make those runs, you know, and to make life difficult for defenders and then allow the midfield to close up. Because when you have an actual number nine, you get into the mind of the centre back. And the centre-back begins to ask himself, do I really want to push up tight onto the number 10? And then this striker can just run in behind me. So do I really want to do that? Do I really want to push up top and press high against the midfield? And then when they're stuck in no man's land and trying to do a bit of both, which is a bit of pressing and a bit of dropping back, you then have space where the midfielders can actually you know take advantage of manipulate the football play passes in behind and then it becomes and everyone is having a ball an actual ball enjoying themselves so for me i think even if kai harvest turns out to be um, a world-class player you know admittedly he has world-class attributes touch finesse and all that on the ball but he doesn't have the world-class intangibles at the moment he doesn't he doesn't have the world-class intangibles at the moment. So, but even if he's able to somehow, you know, reignite—not reignite, really reignite, not the word—but if he's really able to capture some sort of world-class intangibles, he's not even going to be a world-class number nine. He's going to be a world-class number ten or a world-class number eight. So having him play as a number nine because he just doesn't have the instinct. The instinct of a striker is just different. I know some people like the flair player, 
do stepovers here and there, you know. But the instinct of a number nine is different. When you see Harry Kane one-on-one with the goalkeeper, you know it's a goal. It's different. You know, when you see Lewandowski with a goalkeeper or having um, one-on-one with the striker, seeing the opportunity to score, it's just different. You know, so Lewandowski, I mean, sorry, Kai Havertz. No, not really number nine. But um, since uh, Graham Porter has sort of made this error or this blunder by having Dr. Um, Fofana out of the Champions League squad as well as Aubameyang, then that means he has his hand firm, firmly tied at his back and he has the choice other than to play Kai Havertz up top. So that's what I'm going for, a 4 2 3 one and I wouldn't be predicting the scoreline because, like I say, I'm not to say, uh, and the way this team has been playing <laughs> doesn't really inspire, you know, me with confidence to say, oh, Lugan win. And I don't really want to predict that they would lose, but that could happen. So I'll just more, more of saying the type, the scoreline I would like to see. I would hope to see. I would hope to see a 2 1 win or a 1 0 win. I'm not going to go crazy and say a 5 0 win, but a 1 0, 2 1 win, come back to Stamford Bridge and then take it from there. And maybe that could be something that could kickstart the season where, you know, Chelsea could then go on to, the players could then go on to build confidence and have a run of games, maybe five, six games where they have a winning streak. And then who knows where they may finish this season. So, um, so that's my prediction. Not my the lineup I'd like to see and the score line I would you know like to see. So before I end today's episode, I would like to also self-plug shamelessly because if you don't promote yourself, who will? <laughs> you know, you have to promote your own self. So I um write and create comics and um there's a podcast where I talk about my comics, but the only thing I talk about on the podcast is my comic books or are my comic books. So you, you can check out Wahala Comics. Wahala Comics podcast is on Spotify, it's on Stitcher, and it's on Google Play a podcast. And for this podcast, the Google Tech podcast, you can find it on Spotify, you can find it on the Apple, on Apple Podcast, you can find it on Overcast, you can find it on Pocket Cast and um, basically everywhere where you would normally listen to your podcast or your music so at this point i'd like to say thanks for listening and thanks for those who download and if you want to have ask questions as to how you can participate on the show you can send an email to ugostake1 at coolsite.net that is u-g-o-s hyphen t-a-k-e one at c-o-o-l-s-i-t-e dot n-e-t ugostake1 at coastsite.net so thanks for listening and hopefully just has a good result <laughs> a good result today and um so just a quick, a quick one on mon- on saturday no 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 on friday i'll be giving my reaction to the game the championship fixtures the chelsea one and in addition to other championship fixtures and then also giving uh, my thoughts on the Premier League games coming up um, this weekend. And then on Monday, there will be a reaction to um, the games in the weekend, the Chelsea game, and a couple of other Premier League games as well. So once again, thanks for listening. As always, it's Ugo Amadi saying bye-bye and have a swell day. Bye.